I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. We talk a lot about all people around here, and that's because we exist to touch all people with God's message. That can mean so very, very much. That's why we use it as a hallmark of why we exist and all we want to accomplish. Do you realize what it means in this small slice of the Advent story of what we know as the Christmas story? It's the first thing that we want to look at as we go back and consider, once again or kind of anew, the first Christmas. Stories from the birth of Christ, and we're going to be looking at those through these five Sundays in September, one different story each week. And this week, it's a story of hope. So I want to begin with a question. Why the shepherds? Well, the shepherds are a good place to begin because in terms of going public, that's where God began. Up until now, it was just individuals that had heard about this. Of course, Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth's cousin, her husband, Zechariah. But frankly, no one was believing them. And in fact, we're going to even learn some lessons about that in the coming weeks from their stories. When it comes to announcing this publicly, prophecies had been told, but few had really understood those. Even the stars will proclaim his coming, but that doesn't happen until he's born, when the star appears, and, and then the magi start to follow it, but not many noticed, just some. So nothing really gets the news out like a flash, right? Nothing like showing up and making an announcement. And so that's what he does. Literally shining some light on the subject, if you'll pardon the pun. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. But here, on a hill, outside of a small town, to the working class society's lower rung animal herders who are infamous for a certain aroma that they carry that was unmistakable. As a matter of fact, they were even the lowly of the low animal herders because their animals in particular, once pasturing uh, in a field, caused that field not, uh, to not be desirable to other animals. So they were even lower than the low. Wouldn't the trickle-down effect be a little more strategic and certainly more acceptable if a few political leaders or societal heads were to hear the news? Then the rest of the societal pecking order would get the news as it spread. That would be more acceptable. Wouldn't that garner more hope in a more expected way with such important news of the arrival of God himself? Who would believe a a group of shepherds. In fact, the passage even tells us that they spread the news once they'd heard it to everyone and people were amazed. But things don't trickle up, do they? I mean, a couple of years later, the Magi show up. Remember, the star appears at the time. I hate to ruin your... Uh, manger scene, but uh, the Magi weren't present when Jesus was born. The 
star appeared then and then they began to follow it. So a couple of years later, they show up, having traveled this huge distance, and Herod doesn't know anything about this. So he asks the religious leaders, and they have to look it up. So I picture these guys in the back room with a bunch of scrolls going, ah, where was that again? Um, 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 I think it was Micah, Micah, Micah. Yeah, 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 go read him this. And then they read him this prophecy, but they had to look it up. They weren't expecting his arrival. Joseph and Mary are quietly living a normal life in a humble home in the town of Bethlehem. The neighbors haven't even noticed who this is. How do I know? They didn't have a sign saying, Welcome to Bethlehem, home of the Son of God. They hadn't named a road after him. They hadn't built any kind of monument. The shepherds believed, it seems, but nobody believed them. Why then? Why would God show up there? Well, when you wonder, it's always good to go back to Scripture. I think that we wonder the wrong way. We begin to wonder. We go, I I wonder. And we should be saying, I wonder. And we look more closely at the text. And we discover some amazing things. There's another major player in today's slice of the story of first Christmas. And it's the angel. And it's here that we find the answer in the angel's word. This will be great news for all people. Now, the first thing I want you to notice is that this word is the same word, the same idea used by the angel as was used in the prophecy that I read from Isaiah. How do I know that? Well, first of all, speaking of reading the scripture... I'd like you to go back just to chapter 7, and it's amazing what you can discover. I'm sorry, what did I say? Chapter 7? Chapter 1. At the end of chapter 1, in verse 77 and 79, we find Zechariah's song. Zechariah was the one who was the father of John the Baptist. He'd been mute. Then finally, when John was born, and he said his name will be John, he could speak again, and he writes this song. And in that song, he uses the very same word, People, verse 77, to give his people the knowledge of salvation. And then in verse 79, he quotes almost word for word Isaiah 9, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. The very same words from Isaiah chapter 9. There also happens to be a Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint, And in that Greek translation, this very same word is used. So the same word spoken by the angel is the word that was used way back when, when this prophecy was made. Now, that's kind of cool, but what's amazing is you got to understand the meaning of the word. It has a unique emphasis referring to a group of people as viewed by one of themselves. God often uses this uh, term to refer to those who are his own, his people. And it often means common people, as opposed to uh, rulers or a ruling class. Then when we get to the New Testament, it refers to a, a huge crowd, the common people. And Luke loves this word. He uses it more than any of the other gospel writers by far. And he's got a point he wants to make. And he makes it in one place in Acts chapter 15. 
verse 14, where it's used to describe how God has taken a people, this common people, that he wants to call his own out of the whole world. And he wants them to be his. A church from Jew and Gentile. Here's the simple translation. This word means us folk, common people that God wants to call his own and make his his own out of the whole world. Now, what does that mean? Think about what the shepherd said in the video. After seeing that beautiful baby, I was a different man after that. God chose me. Nobody's ever chosen me for anything. What does this mean? God's heart is for people. Not impersonal nations without faces and names. Not political structures to control the masses. When God comes, well, when God comes, the first time he came, he walked in a garden to speak with a man and a woman. And here he sends a light on a hill outside a village of of hardly any fame to some common men. Forgettable, unimpressive, disconnected, and who know their lowly place except for God. who Who has never forgotten them. And is impressed enough to even entrust them to take this news to everybody else. And he makes them the first public connection to all that is about to happen. Nobody's ever chosen me for anything. Well, he chose you for this. And the hope of a Savior is yours. To go and see in person... And then to share with everyone else in person. Not only is God's heart for people, this also means that God makes that hope real by his very presence. The very presence of angels in an unmistakable way and then a sign so that they would know that it was this baby in person. And there he was as common as they were, as humble as the life they lived. Now, speaking of wondering, I wonder if you've ever noticed this, because I never had. In the familiarity we have with this story that we've, some of us have read thousands of times, if not hundreds, right? Have you ever thought about this? As uncomfortable as that situation must have been for Mary to deliver a child in a stable and place place him in a manger. Think about this. The shepherds must have felt very much at home in that situation. You ever thought about that? 
I mean, there was the aroma that was so infamous. There was the place that they were used to being all the time. There was the place that God decided to show up for them. Maybe they never would have ventured inside the inn. Maybe they never would have been allowed inside. Instead, God came to them right where they were. And as uncomfortable as Mary and Joseph must have been, these shepherds are sitting there going, Wow, nobody ever chose me. Except for a God who showed up here. His very presence without ever uttering a word gave them immeasurable hope. Now hang on to that idea. Without even uttering a word, they had hope for all that was to come. This wasn't a travesty. This was intentional to show that God loves common people. Remember the shepherd again. I'll never forget what that angel said. I bring good news to all people. That means you too. It had to. If it meant him, it meant everybody and anybody. All people means you too. Though you may feel like the least of these. You know, maybe we don't have real uh, sheep aromas that we carry around but we feel like we do because people treat us that way or we see ourselves that way you're included you're chosen here to be visited to experience the very presence of God Almighty in the most humble way imaginable what hope When he made himself present, he did it for all. He did it for the lowliest of the low. He made himself acceptable to everyone and anyone. Nobody's ever chosen me for anything. Well, God did. And this will be a recurring theme through the story, but I want you to know this first. All people, and you too, Well, that begs a big question. What will you do with that? What would this little lesson mean to us? Well, first thing's obvious. You've got to respond to a God who loves like that. I mean, you're not sitting on a hill and a light shows up and you're terrified. The guy comes down, gives you this great promise, and you go, Thanks. I'll check that out next week. You go. You respond to a God who loves you that much. And that's all he wants. He wants a return on his investment. He just wants you to love him back. He is the answer to everything you've ever hoped for, whether you realize it or not. He came and made himself present to show you that. To quote another scripture, 
to as many as receive him, respond to him, believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Think of the distance there is between how you feel before a holy God and what you are when he says, you're my child. And the only difference between the two is a response to that love, to say, you'd love me? How can I love you back? His heart is for you. The question is, where is your heart? <laughs> Have you given that to God? Maybe you give him a little money, you give him a little time, you know, you try and nod through a few things. Have you ever given him everything? That's what he wants. He's given you everything. That's all he wants you to do is give everything back. Be his. Allow him to call you out of that common place and make you his own. It's an act of faith that says, I, I realize I need this God. And I realize I can't do anything to get to him. So he came to me. I'll just try and love you back. In that act of faith, he changes you from being common to being his. So that's the first thing we got to do. We just have to respond to it. Thank him. Believe it. And trust and follow him for the rest of your days. But there's another thing that we should do, and that is we should do what he did. This is hope not just for you. This is hope for another as well. People are walking in darkness and they need some light. Later on, when Jesus grows and enters into his ministry, he says, now you are the light of the world. So let your light shine. More than just words, together with your actions, it is your presence that can offer true hope. Your presence can mean they find all the hope that they're looking for. God spoke, so we must speak. God loved, so we must love. God came and made himself present. And lives changed. That means, wow, we need to do the same thing. He sent his son to make himself present. And that was the ultimate offer of hope. Well, would your presence offer that kind of hope? So would yours, is my question, would your presence in somebody's life, with or without words, he spoke, we should spoke, speak, he, he loved, we should love, he came, we should step into someone's life, and sometimes, even without words, our presence brings hope. How many of us speak of times when people came into our lives? We can't even remember what they said, but we know that they were there, right? They were there for me. Well, would we be there for someone? Is there a way that we could do that with our very presence and offer hope? And when the right time comes, we share 
what that means, but I'm amazed that Jesus, as a child, without ever offering a word, offered hope to those shepherds. So I'll take the question and turn it into a statement. So would yours. So would your presence offer hope to another. Did you notice what you received when you came in in the outline? I want you to take it in hand. On one side, there's a place for you to doodle and draw pictures of people sitting in front of you. And then on the other side was something of importance I'll get to in a second. But attached to it was this little card. And you're going to get one of these each week from now until Christmas. Thematic, of course, and this week it's about hope. And on the back side of that card is a question. How will you offer hope to another through your presence this Christmas? I want you to take that card and carry it, place it somewhere, look at it, act on it, pray about it. You see, God said you matter enough to come and be present. Do others just like you, common folk, matter enough for you to offer some hope by being present in their lives in one way or another? I don't know what that's going to mean. I just want you to take it and pray about it and think about it. If you flip over to the back side, you'll see a little story there. It's just a, an example. Don't let it limit what this might mean, but it does give you an idea of what it might mean. I can't imagine myself uh, finding myself sleeping on the floor of a large room with many people I've never met before and that being my only place to spend the night. I would miss my family more than anything. I, I was so glad to be able to be at Market Street Mission serving the men in situations like this and in some way make their holiday a little more hopeful. See, it's just an example of what a, a story might look like that you get to write this Advent season because you made yourself present and offered some hope. Or as the weeks go on, I'll give you some more ideas. Starting next Sunday, a blank sheet of paper looking like that, you know, with, with the opportunity to write a, a first Christmas story on it, will be available and you can take that and as you get an opportunity, as you respond, as God leads and shows you where you should go, what you should do, how you should respond, if something really cool happens, maybe even just something real simple and humble, why don't you jot it down? And then the joy box is going to be available and you can drop uh, those stories in there and we're going to collect them all through the Advent season and then in, in January we're going to have a special way of celebrating what God did. Because we were willing to look again at the first Christmas and ask ourselves some pointed questions. There's also, uh, when you leave here today, if you hadn't noticed, there's a tree out in the foyer we call a giving tree. And on there are ornaments. And you'll also see some uh, posters that are around that kind of give you a key to what those ornaments are. And uh, they're ways that you could respond. Again, we want to help you. As we've done a couple, in the last couple of years, we've had a, a project that we've done together. We dug seven wells that we uh, uh, dug in. Uh, we raised money for seven wells uh, for the country of Peru. And uh, last year, we uh, helped build a school in, uh, in our Rafiki village in um, Rwanda. 
And this year, we'd like to take the training wheels off a little bit. And we'd like you to seek what God would have you do. We're going to lead you with some questions, and we're going to give you some opportunities there that are on that tree that you can take off. Some of them are organizations that you might choose to be a part of or donate to. Some of them are uh, gifts of purpose that you might uh, purchase that help people um, that are working their way out of uh, uh, poverty. Um, Some are just ideas uh, that you might respond with. Uh, The Joy Box, again, is going to be here, and if you'd like to make monetary donations, they would go towards our benevolence families so that they can buy just the right gifts for their children. These are people that we deal with on a regular basis, and we would be able to bless them in that way. And those are just some ideas. What about Wings of Refuge that uh, Gerda shared about? Whatever, there could be any number of things that God might lead you to do or become a part of or or engage with that would share the amazing things that God shared with us because he loved us that much. You see, God's heart is for others. And he, his heart is for you and he wants you to love him just like he loved you. So just love him back. Give him your heart. Give him everything that you have. Come to him with all of your sin and say, I blew it and I need to be forgiven. And he will. And then begin to love other people just like he loved you. Start with your presence and share the hope that God gave every one of us just by showing up. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for loving us that much. We're just amazed. We're overwhelmed. Each time we think about it with any care and depth, how common you made yourself to meet us right where we are. I pray that if there's anyone here that has not understood the depth of that love and hasn't known that you came to truly forgive them and make them new and an instrument of yours and your child to be used for your purposes, that your spirit would work and move in their hearts and lives they would realize that your pure love just calls for a response in kind to love you back and ask you to forgive, to heal and make whole and become your child. Many of us know the reality of that, Lord, and we get so easily distracted from sharing that with those around us. Would you help us be present in the lives of those longing for light in a dark place? And may we be vessels of hope simply through and because we're there. In Jesus' name, amen.